Thank you for joining us. In this podcast, we are real people talking about real things, child abuse and neglect, a topic that is all too often left in the shadows of silence, leaving survivors alone, fearful, and oftentimes without a voice. We're having conversations to become louder than silence. It is here where we will invite you to join us and be the change needed to end child abuse and neglect. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Louder Than Silence podcast. My name is Lori Poland, and I am the executive director for the National Foundation to End Child Abuse and Neglect. Today, our guest is Meredith Garfalo, who is a a truly a magical person. The first time I met her, we met in a Starbucks, and we were having this discussion about the impact of child abuse and neglect and how it it just touches everything and it changes us forever. And we're sitting there and we're talking and, and how like we need to do this and we need to do that and we're excited about this. And then, and this gal that was sitting at the same table, there wasn't, there wasn't enough seats. And so we were sitting at the end of a table and, and this gal turned to us and said, can I have your card? Because I'm listening to you guys and like hearing what you're doing and I am a survivor and I am all in. And Meredith and I just looked at each other and we were like, wow, like (laughs) we're doing it right now, it's happening. And we've gotten together a couple of times and every time I see you online or I, I read your posts, your optimism and the way that you have taken your life experience and truly turned it into this a powerhouse of a professional and B, this person that is genuinely so good and kind and motivating and optimistic. I'm just blown away by you and I'm thankful that you're here. And uh, so welcome, Meredith. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really excited. You know, I was getting goosebumps when you were telling that story back because I think it was almost a godsend or a sign that, you know what, we're in the right place right now and we are going to come together and help make amazing things happen. Because as you and I have both shared our stories, which we'll talk more about now, I mean, it's through our stories and our experiences that we help empower other people. And so you're amazing too. I mean, it was (sighs) such a blessing. I gave a talk for Twitter Boulder And somebody connected, they heard my story originally and connected us through that. And so Mm -hmm. it just goes to show that you never know when your story or you being real and open with people is going to help other people. And then here we are sitting together and I'm I'm real excited to be on this podcast. So thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. Thanks for being here. And so, yeah, I mean, let's, let's start with the nitty gritty. Let's start with the the uh, the why and what why are we here why are you here what what ignites you and drives you about the topic of child abuse and neglect this is a topic that for me I really haven't opened up about my whole life and yeah. you know when I was growing up you know talking about child abuse and neglect was was there but it was never really something that was a conversation piece. And when you talked about child abuse, it seemed that it was only something that was on the news that was a big deal, or it was something that happened that you just didn't touch, you turned the other way, you didn't look at it. And I think what the hardest thing for me, and and to, to go on this podcast and talk about this has taken me weeks of preparation because I'm 
opening up a part of my life to help other people, hopefully, that I never thought I would get to the point of opening up about. But I yeah. want to heal, and I hope other people will heal based on my story because I was a victim. And I know it's always hard to say, but I yeah. was bullied at school as well as at home by my father emotionally and verbally. And it, it's, it's tough to say that because you always think in the back of your mind, that's never the case. That's never what is going on. But when I was growing up, I, I never felt safe. Mm -hmm. I never felt that I had a safe place, whether it was at home or whether it was school. And, yeah. you know, other people looking in always had their opinions of what was going on in my life. And I think I just listened and I kept making excuses for the behavior that was going on. And I was telling myself, oh, that this is normal. It's okay. If someone loves you, they do this. But now in my adult life, I think what the hardest thing is, is when you realize that what happened was not okay. Yeah. And that there's a lot of people that went through similar situations people even close to me, friends, people I've known my whole life. And we always thought that it was just something that happened. But now in my adult life, and a reason I'm so passionate about this topic is because it's impacting me as an adult. Mm -hmm. The memories, the, the yelling, the screaming, the, the horrible emotions that I felt as a child, they still haunt me. And it's something that is impacting me as an adult in my relationships with those closest to me, with my boyfriend, for example, with other people I care about, you know, in, in everyday life, feelings and things coming out of me that now I look at, and I'm proud to admit that I'm seeing a therapist, a fantastic therapist to help me along with this, because I think a lot of times we feel alone, but having someone yeah. listen and hear your story and telling you that was not okay. You right. were a victim of childhood abuse and it doesn't matter what type of abuse. It's still something that if you don't heal from it, if you don't try to stop the cycle that's mm -hmm. been going on, you're never going to be able to happily move forward. And so I'm really hoping that um, I can not only, as I mentioned, heal myself, and I'm probably repeating myself, but I, I want other people to know that it's okay to talk yeah. about these things. And the more we talk about it, the more examples we set that it's not okay and we never deserve that, the more people will be able to break these cycles, to heal <laughs> themselves, or to spot a pattern with a friend or a family member and say, you know what, That's, that sounds to me like abuse. It's yeah. not okay and we need to stop it. Sure, yeah. Well, I first of all, thank you for sharing your story. And and second of all, thank you for your vulnerability because like you said, it's this for you, this is something new for you being able to share and and I think that, you know, one of the hardest things about um, that transition from that transition when we realize that maybe the things that happened to us weren't ideal or weren't acceptable or whatever, when we realize that there is this transition that happens and, and a lot of times what comes with that is, is 
the pain of having to confront it, the pain of having to talk about it. Because the last thing I have ever found for most survivors that I've ever spoken to that they long for is to hurt anybody the way that they've felt hurt. Like so many survivors try beyond their capacity not to inflict harm onto other people because we know what it feels like to have that inner core hurt. And so when we share our stories, it's almost like we become the bad guy in a sense. And it's, and it's not even about a bad guy. It, it, it just is what it is sometimes. It doesn't mean that, you know, the people that harmed us are necessarily bad. Now, granted, there are so many that are, but that's not what we're here for. Like that, that's not why we're talking about it. It's not because we want to point the finger and say, you should have protected me or you should have done this. That's not it. Like that's their story. That's their experience. It's not about them. It's, this is about you. This is your experience and, and your voice. And, and I think that that makes this so hard, right? Yes. And what I find most beautiful about you, Meredith, is you, and I didn't know the bullying piece, and, and that's a whole other layer of abusive interaction that we go, that's millions and millions and millions of us have experienced. And yet, like I said in the intro, like, I look at you and, and I hear you and I just, in every conversation I've ever had with you, you are a, a model of optimism and courage and strength. And how do you think that happened? Because so many people think, man, I mean, and truthfully, so many of us struggle with depression and anxiety and our own forms of anger and, and fear and worry and blah, 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 right? That list goes on and on. And I'm not trying to say that you're perfect. What I am saying is that you have found a way to take this thread of experience, which is just one thread of your life experience, and yet you did not let it take you down. I mean, you're killing it out there in the world. And maybe you can tell our listeners what you do um, and where they can find you on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I follow <laughs> I everything she says. So that was a loaded question with a lot of words, but tell her, like, how do you do it? Well, I'm going to be completely honest because it's something that is not easy. I'm a, I'm a public figure. I'm a broadcast meteorologist. And so my job, I'm on television every single week, mm -hmm. nationally and even internationally in the Caribbean with my job that I do right now, which I'm sure there'll be some info on. We'll give you my social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I am an open book. You can reach out to me and I'll feel like you're running into me in a grocery store and you watch me on the news and you're like, hey, and I'll be like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be here for you. And, and I do want to put that out there because if there are people listening right now that need someone to talk to or need that positive experience that is somebody that nationally is doing her best to be that positive public figure, not just for 
for adults, but for younger generations and students and children all over the world, you know, who maybe I, and I say world because I did a school talk for kids in China, actually, which was cool to talk to them about STEM careers and science. And, you know, to go back to the beginning of that question, I think what is the toughest for me, because there's good and bad with everything in life. And what's very tough for me is I have to go on television four days a week right now and I have to be okay. I have yeah. to put a smile on every time. Like I have on. to deliver the forecast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have to be on yeah. in addition to being on camera. Yeah. And so I could be going through the biggest struggles. I could be feeling pain, anxiety. I could have had a horrible experience with somebody where that trauma from my childhood is starting to come back, but I need to mentally... Uh, clear the mechanism, as they say, and go and do my job the best that I can. And I yeah. think that's something that many people don't realize. You know, you right. look at people on television, you look at, at, at people in the movies, and, you know, half the time you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. And so I always like to say that you want to treat people good and with respect because you never know what their struggles are. And, you know, there's yeah. going to be hate and there's going to be people out there that are not going to treat others with the same respect that they want upon themselves. And, you know, first off, that's not okay. But the second thing is you never know. And I hear, I know it's a quote, but you never hear about a battle a person is facing until you, you hear it or you see what's going on. And I think for me, this experience, as hard as it was getting through, as hard as it is to talk about now, I really see the world in a completely different light. Yeah. And I know that there's still triggers. There's triggers now from the trauma I went through as a child that impact my personal relationship with my boyfriend mm -hmm. that I'm working on to be better for him as well as better for me because I'm, I'm seeing things resurface that I went through or emotions or raising my voice, for example. Sure. And I have to go back afterwards and say, no, that's not okay. You're doing what was done to you as a child. And it's not okay to, tr to put that on somebody else. And thankfully I have a loving and amazing partner and he yeah. is the, he's the best thing that has happened to me and he understands and he never judges for what I went through. But, you know, I've, I've overcome so much now that I had a choice to give up or, or to move forward and to help other people. And now I want to give a voice to those people like I'm finding within myself. I don't want to be silent anymore. I yeah. want to be able to talk to people and say, it's not okay what you went through, but you're going to be okay. Because yeah. we can go into the worst situations of our lives and we can always find the strength and courage to stand back up. When we hit the ground, just like when you're riding a bike as a kid and you skin your knee or you go out for a job interview and all of a sudden last minute it goes to somebody else and you feel like you hit rock bottom. That's the thing is when we hit the ground, when we're at our lowest points in our life, you only can stand up and you can only get back up. And I think had I not went through what I did as a child, had I you know, not been through those traumatic experiences, I wouldn't be able to help people and I wouldn't be yeah. able to use my my platform or who I am as a person as well as a public figure to say, 
I want to give a voice to this because I know what it can do. And I know there's people sitting there listening right now that have sat in silence, maybe yeah. for years, maybe for decades. And I want those people to know that it's okay. It's your personal choice when you want to come out with things. But when you do, you need to know that you're not alone and you're going to find probably surprising you how many people there will be there to support you versus how many people are going to be the naysayers. And to the naysayers, you just have to keep reminding yourself to say, how dare you? Because mm -hmm. anyone that's not going to stand with you, you don't need in your life. Right. It's like Brene Brown uh, in her presentation. She did a, a YouTube video and, and I can't remember what it's called. So I apologize, Brene, for this. But she's, she says, you can't judge if you're sitting in the cheap seats. So unless you are down in the arena with me, right. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I love it. Love it. Yes. Renee, I love it. That's, that's amazing. It. I need to quote you now on my social media with that because that's an awesome one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, something along those lines. I butchered that, but that was my favorite part of the whole thing. Like, get in the arena or don't say anything. So, right. yeah, yeah. You know, you, I mean, I. what I appreciate about you, Meredith, is how focused you are on others. And, and the sensation of not being alone and being louder than silence. And, and what, I, what I find so honorable is my assumption is that you've felt that way, that you have felt alone in your experience. And, and I am so thankful and I only say that because I know for me for a long time, my silence was because of isolation, you know, and my, my struggle and suffering was because I had to be on and I didn't want anybody to think that I was suffering or hurting or, or, you know, fulfill the idea that, um, you know, so many people have these assumptions of people who've been through hardship that they're going to suffer and like, oh, the reason they're X, Y, or Z is because of what they've been through. And, and I, I never wanted to be that way. I wanted to be the opposite of that. Like I went through that and look at me, you know? And so there's also like this internal pressure for me. I don't know if you can relate to this, but this to, to prove that I'm not what people said I was going to be or feared I would be or, I'm not that, that I'm every day. Yeah. Every day, Lori, even when you have your good days, I know right. exactly what you're saying because you don't want to let people down. You don't want to disappoint. Mm -hmm. You're afraid of what people are going to say behind your back or what they're yeah. going to think of you. But at the same time, you also need to remind yourself that this is my story. This is yeah. my life. I'm the only one that has to get up every single day and live my life. And so I need to be as good to myself as I can and yeah. not let the negative Nellies and all of the, the hate or the people that feed on that in the world become part of who I am, if that makes right. sense. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, we are in it together, sister, 100%. I feel that. So thank you. You know, um, 
one last question for you. I, you are a musician, like you can sing. I've watched your national anthem. You know, you I, you have a voice. And I'm just like, holy smokes, this girl, like, wow. And so, you know, tell us how that has been for you. Is that, what did singing do for you? Okay, it's two questions <laughs> because I want to finish on like a silly note, but I want, I do want to hear how like artistic expression, did that help you in, in, your, in your life? It saved my life. Mm. Wow. It really did because I, I go back to memories from childhood to high school, whether it was things I was dealing with at home or things I was dealing with at school. And I always found music to, to feed my soul, to take me to a safer place. I mean, when I didn't feel safe wherever I was at, music to me was just that one place I knew I could go and that God-given talent that I could just go in my car or go in a room and just sing. And it, it, it made me feel safe. And, and it put me in a place where I wasn't really afraid anymore. And I think, wow. you know, when you have something that you're passionate about like that with everything else going on, you need to embrace it. And so, I mean, anything artistic, whether it was singing, whether it was being involved in school and say the marching mm -hmm. band, because I, I played musical instruments as well, whether it was sports, for example, I really put myself wholeheartedly into those things. But singing has just been something like I've always, I've always found has been a safe place for me. And so that's beautiful. I think, yeah, I think I still sing if I'm having a bad day. I'll drive yeah. to work, and even if it's an eight-minute drive, I'll turn on a couple of good songs in the car, and I know what songs I can relate to. And so cool. I think one of the goals for me moving forward is since I can sing and I can write, I'm hoping to maybe start writing some music and you know wow. I can't play it you know find out if there's someone who could put notes to my songs because oh, I just have yeah. so many stories I want to tell and I always feel like a song is is telling a story in a way that you know is is comforting sometimes to, yeah. to put those words on paper and so I, I just so I there it is <laughs> yeah that's a shout out and a, and a call to action for anybody that knows how to write music uh, Meredith's looking for you. And <laughs> <laughs> let's make that dream come true. Easy peasy. Let's manifest it. Um, that's so beautiful. And I, you know, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. We were talking about the no dinner dinner before we started recording our podcast because Meredith was a presenter and she, she orated her own experience on our two, 2020 no dinner dinner, which was is an online educational opportunity for NCAN. And um, I am gonna put you on the spot because I wanna see if for 2021, it's a Louder Than Silence event. And, and our ask is for survivors to join us in, in showing their way of being Louder Than Silence, not just by orating their story, but by way of the way for their artistic expression. Um, and so I'm going to ask in advance for you to sing us a song at that event um, in on April, what is it, April 29th, 2021. So I'm in. I am definitely in. So hopefully I can find someone to help put some music to my uh, lyrics and we'll make yeah. it happen. Yes. Okay. So uh, the part two of that last question, and it's our final question and we'll wrap it up, is um, what is your favorite song? 
And you and I were talking about this because I would have loved to to be able to get the the, the music to perform this, uh, mm -hmm. but it's it's not my song. But I remember even going back to high school with all the challenges. That's the song "I Hope You Dance" by Leanne Womack. Yeah, and I get goosebumps right now yeah, because me I mean, too. Just, <laughs> the lyrics in that song. I mean, it gives you hope. And yeah. it, it reminds all of us that despite what's going on, you don't have to be afraid. If you're not okay, there's always going to be another day ahead you're going to have. And, you know, I mean, I hope you dance because I think a lot of times, you know, dancing is a way to free our soul, whether it's people who know me will probably laugh because they know whenever there's the first snow or there's a really good snow out, I always do a little twirl or my own little Meredith dance <laughs> just to celebrate snow or that moment. Awesome. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if you go and look up the lyrics, because I don't know what copyrights there are right now with this podcast, otherwise I'd probably sing it for us. But um, <laughs> it's just the lyrics, they speak to you. And I think, you know, those kind of songs they give you hope. And that was a song that even from back in when I was a child and a teenager, I still, I still hear it on the radio and I start singing it at the top of my lungs. Yeah. Just, it's, it's good. And I think, you know, people need to find that. Yeah. You know, whether it's that song or that story or, or, yeah. or something to just remind you that, mm -hmm. no, you're not alone. You're not alone. You can do this. And if yeah. you need help, and I, I know I'm kind of going off the topic, but I want to say this. It's okay to get help. Mm -hmm. I am so thankful that you actually recommended to me somebody that mm -hmm. is a fantastic therapist here in the Denver area. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, she is really helping me not just feel myself, but also the relationships around me that have been impacted by what I've been through. And so yeah. it's, it's okay. We can always... We can always get better. And I think that's yeah. the thing is, even at your lowest moments, if you have hope, if you surround yourself with positive people, with music, with dancing, there's there's always something better around the corner and you just have to allow yourself to accept that. So beautiful. So well said as well. So thank you, Meredith, for being here and being on our podcast, Louder Than Silence. You have been um, such a model for hope and possibility and truly for being louder than silence. I appreciate your courage and your willingness and, um, and especially your vulnerability. So it's honorable and um, I'm grateful. And I know that anybody that's listening is also very, very grateful for your words. So uh, that's a wrap for us today on the Louder Than Silence podcast. My name is Lori Poland. Stay tuned for our next recording. We're excited to be here. We're real people having difficult conversation about a topic that is uh, hard to talk about, but it's very possible. So I wish you all the best and have a beautiful day. Take care. I want to thank each of you again for joining us today and listening in. If you or someone you know is being abused, please call 1-800-4-A-CHILD. To learn more about ENDCAN, visit www.endcan.org or find us on all social media platforms. Join us in being louder than silence and being a part of the change. Please leave a comment, like our podcast, or share with your friends. The more the word spreads, the more of a collective impact we can have. 
If you have a question or you know someone who would want to be a guest on our podcast, please contact be the change at endcan.org. Thanks again and have a great day.